Welcome back to PR After Hours. I'm your host, Alex Greenwood, bringing you your weekly cocktail of PR and marketing tips that will help you and your business. Stick around. We'll get started right after these messages. You know, there's an old song by The Who... And I won't sing it for you because, well, you know, I don't have that level of awesomeness with me today to outdo Roger Daltrey, but it's like, who are you, right? Well, it's a question I think that all businesses should ask themselves. You know, who is your business? I mean, if you don't have the answer to that basic question, you might want to ponder that. And that's why we're very lucky to have Zach Giglio with us today. Zach is CEO of GCM marketing and PR. He is going to talk to us about finding out who you are and how to use that in promoting your business. Zach, welcome to the Virtual Lounge. Yeah, Alex, thank you very much. I'm really excited to be here. You know, we've talked about this a little bit in the past, and I think this is really exciting to be able to continue that conversation here. Tell us a little bit about uh, GCM, who, uh, what you do, who you work with, that sort of thing. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, so I'd like to start uh, a little bit before that. So um, I've had the fortunate experience of, of traveling and living around the world. And what I found to be interesting and incredible was how uh, educational and impactful human connections are. And so whether that was when I lived in China, South Africa, traveled to Italy, um, you know, the UK, all around the country, it's incredible what happens when people connect. And so what we thought we could do is do that on a larger scale, but for clients and for companies. And so if we can help make those human connections happen um, on a corporate level, then we would be kind of maximizing that whole philosophy. And so at GCM, we're working with clients and on projects that we believe are having a positive impact in the world, in their communities in which these organizations operate uh, for their customers. And we're trying to create those human connections. And that could be through marketing, comms, PR, uh, content creation, things like that. Wow. Now you're international. I know that. Um, in fact, in your very family, you're international, as we've discussed previously, which is up to you to go into. But, but where, are you, where are you based? Where's home, hometown for you guys? Right. So hometown now is outside the Charleston, South Carolina area. So yeah. I'm originally from Long Island, New York. Uh, I'm not sure how Long Island comes through when I say it but, um, but I've traveled around a bit. You know, I um, have been around, but, but we're here in Charleston, South Carolina area. We love it. Well, you, um, and you and I talked previously, yes, uh, offline about this and got to know each other a little bit. And that's why I'm so glad that you uh, found some time to be with us today. Um, I think that all of these travels you've done and all these experiences are great. And I, what I love too, though, is hearing how, you know, somebody asked me what I do. I was like, well, we tell your story, but you, you go beyond that too. We connect you with people that you need to be connected to, which is really, it's the, to me, it's the next progression of telling the story is one thing, but you're actually actively connecting people, which is fantastic. That's, I mean, that's what we think we, we can do. And that's what we're trying to do. And that's what we think is important, not only on a human level, but also on a business level. So, I mean, I think you know better than I, most people make business decisions, even as a, as a customer purchasing a product, or as, as a B2B uh, relationship transaction on relationships, on, right. on trust and on value alignment, right? In no instance in my professional life or with the clients that I work with, do people make a decision based solely on logic 
and based on what people do or what things do um, for them, what they buy. It's all based on some emotional connection, some emotional element. And when you're making human connections for clients, or when you're making human connections through communications and marketing, you're tapping into that emotion. So one, you're treating people more as more humans, but you're also going to be able to do better with business because people are going to make purchasing decisions based on that value alignment. And there's nothing emotional really about what you do unless you have who you are behind that. That that's, that's what we believe. You know, and I've got to say, and I'm, I'm, I sure I'm not tooting my own horn, but I can think of a few examples in my uh, career, my agency, where um, I actually, not often, but I actually beat out some very large competition who I just, and I just didn't think I had a shot. And I remember uh, one time after I got the gig and I'd worked with them, we were pretty close. I said, I've got to ask you, I know I was up against XYZ over here. Were they just more expensive or what? She goes, oh yeah, they were more expensive, but I liked you. I felt like you were a decent person and I could trust you with what we were doing. And I, that's a, that's a nice lesson to learn. Um, so any of you Davids out there going up against Goliaths, I think Zach's exactly right. If you can establish that level of trust with somebody by being human and finding your humanity and finding their humanity and matching up with it, 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 it pays off in so many wonderful ways, not the least of which is it can help you get business. Right. I, I, I think that that's, that that's right. I think if people really think about it, they'll have very similar experiences to what you just said. Yeah. I mean, I think about my own pitch meetings or sales meetings. I don't talk business until the last 5%. And, and, and what it also does is, is it does two things. So on one hand, as a business or as a person, as an organization, you're finding the people that you connect with, right. the people whose values with, 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 with the people whose values you align with. Right. Right. But you're also finding the people that you don't. And as a business, when you're thinking about conversions, sales funnels, it is much better for you to weed out the people who aren't going to buy your product anyway, who aren't going to align with your values earlier on in the process, than it is to try to shove them down your sales funnel, get up to the end and they're not going to buy anyway. And so by being really true to your values and your identity and, and, and as an organization, or even trying to understand that, you're doing yourself a big favor in the whole conversion funnel and sales funnel. Is it, okay, maybe, I want to make sure I heard you correctly, Zach. So. When you go in, and by the way, again, uh, you and I sat down a, a, about a month ago and talked, and I found the same thing with you, by the way, because I'm, I'm, we both have a similar communication style. We're, we're just human first. We're just, you know, uh, I took Sandler training, Sandler sales training, where you learn about some people do not like that. They are, there's a, there's a certain type of person, nothing wrong with them. That's just how they communicate on a level where they don't, they don't want your chit chat. They don't want to have the thing where you and I are just looking for warmth and looking for ways to engage, right? So uh, let me ask you then, I'll put you on the spot here. So you go in, you meet with somebody and, and if, if they're really just all business and they, I mean, you know, their idea of warm conversation is how about this weather? Great. Let's get going. How much is this going to cost? Does that instantly make you that go off in your head? Like, I don't know if this is going to work for us or do you view it as more of a challenge or obviously you can't just make it a split decision, but just if you don't mind with that simplistic uh, example, how does that work for you? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. And, and like I said, I'm from New York. So people who get right to the, to the chase, right. Right to the chase that's, that's my language, right? right? But I don't think that having, I've never had a conversation like that, that resulted in an immediate working relationship, right? That's how it's fine to start there. 
Yeah. I always want to get to a place where I'm learning a lot more about who that person is or who that organization is and, and, and what they're trying to do and who they're trying to be. So I'm all about saying, you know, let's start at, at what we can do together and see if that's a good fit. If that's a good fit, let's take it to the next level, you know? Right. Um, and so I don't think you have to be, at least in my experience, I don't think you have to be rigid in the structure of the conversation or the structure of your relationship. I think you can be open and also amenable to other people's styles. And by somebody cutting to the chase, if that's who they are, I like to know that about them because it'll tell me a lot about how we're going to work together. And it's not a turnoff for me, but if it's a turnoff for you or for someone else, that's good too. Then you know, this isn't going to be a good fit and maybe we'll get the business now and this month but they're not going to be happy three months down the road. If it's not a good fit, it's going to reflect bad on your business and, and you're going to have wasted time on a client that's not going to stick around. Oh, okay. Yeah, very good. I like that. Yeah. Cause I'm the same way. I mean, I tend to try to um, suit the person, particularly a client prospect who I'm speaking with. And if they're all business, I'll make the polite, just hello. How are you? Oh, very good. So glad. Thanks uh, to Jessica for connecting us. Great. Well, here's what we can do for you and get to it. Um, I, think, I think the areas where I, I get a little stagnant, though, is because particularly when I go back to what I try to do for clients, which is tell their story, sometimes it's difficult to pull that story out of some people. You know, they're just like, We're, we do accounting, get on with it, you know? So, right. no, <laughs> so that's... It's, yeah, it's a great question. No, I, I mean, it's a great point. And, and so, you know, some of my clients have been way more business-oriented, uh, traditionally drier organizations, like information technology right? You know, yeah. and, and just back end like fiber optic cables in the ground. Now, yeah. how do you pull out some beautiful story there? And, and so I, you know, those challenges are real. And I'll say two things to that. But primarily, maybe start even a little bit earlier, primarily is this idea of an organization understanding who they are to begin with. Yeah. And so I think a struggle that you might have, and I know that I have, is that when we're trying to tell those compelling stories, we want to understand from who is it coming from, right? right? But it's very difficult if the organization that you're working with doesn't quite understand that, or if it's very disjointed. And I'll tell you an experience that you will not find surprising. Okay. So I've done an exercise, whether it was working for, you know, Edelman in South Africa with Samsung or working in my own capacity in our own business with a startup or a big national international company. It really doesn't matter. Sit down 10 people in a room. I think it's a good idea to have people of all levels, high seniority CEOs, CXO, whatever, down to mid-level management sales, you know, bring in as a diverse group as you can. And right. give them a piece of paper and a pen and ask them two very simple questions. One, who is your business? Answer that in two sentences or less. Oh. And after that, what do you do? Now guess the type of answers you get back. Oh, wait a minute. That, that, well, first of all, I think some people are gonna be confused. They're gonna assume that the answers to both questions is the same. Right. So that's one. <laughs> that's one. So they'll say, who is your business? And they'll be writing what, do you, what, what they do. Right. And, they'll say, and what do you do? And they'll say, uh, I already answered that. So that's one thing. But another thing is, the answers are not only different, they're in different industries. 
I mean, these people think that they're operating on different industries. And this is from well-established businesses to startups to everybody. This is one of the most common things I find. And anybody listening here or anybody that you know, I, I really recommend doing this test. Send a text message to 10 people in your business. Send an email to 10, 20, 30 people in your business and do that same thing. And you will be very surprised of what you get. Go online, do a free word cloud generator and yeah. see what it looks like. You will be very surprised. Oh, that's now, a great, hey, that is great. I love that. Now think about it. If your organization is like every other one, or most other ones, and doesn't have a very clear cut, uniform idea of who you actually are, what does your customers think? Like, what does the market think? Because now you have 10 people you know are telling wildly different stories to your yeah. partners and to your customers. And so if you start at the identity, if you start at the beginning, yeah. all of your other processes become way more cohesive. And you know better than I, as a communicator, you need to be consistent in your message and you need mm -hmm. to be very, very uh, repetitious. And, yeah, it's, and that's an aligner. Yeah, that's, that's so perfect. So I love this. So let's say you're, you're in on that. So you ask these questions, but so is that when you're, when your team is getting to know a new client, is that something though that you, is, it, is that the first thing out of the box when you're hired? It's like, okay, we've got to really understand who they are. And then if they, if they don't seem to know, we got to pull that out of them and, and get to an agreement on who they are before you can do anything else. Even if they're in a hurry to get something done, is that something you just insist you've got to do? It's something that I always recommend. And it's something that almost never happens in the beginning. Because usually when I work with a the client, they think that this is a silly exercise. Yeah, yeah. They think they got it. We've, yeah. been, we've been around 30 years. Surely we know who we are. And, and so it is, it is actually one of the most difficult things to convince a client that this is the first thing that you should do and actually get them. And it, it, it happens, you know. Um, usually this will happen after a couple months of working with clients. And hmm. I am now able to have built not just trust in the beginning, but trust through the work we've done together. They see results. They see how I work. They, they trust me more. And that's when right. I'm willing to put them kind of into... Um, more discomfort because it's, a, I mean, if you ask me, who are you really, Zach? I mean, that's an uncomfortable question to really dive into and answer, right? Right. right. The idea of what I think I am and the idea of the story that I try to tell other people, but then there's really like, who am I really? But now if you do that as, as a business and you, uh, you know, business owner, you have to think, well, what is, who is my business? That might, it's not really an area people are very willing to jump at. It's really true. It's, it's almost like you're, you're, you're going into therapy a little bit, folks. If you've never been in therapy, you're, 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 not gonna, you're probably not going to walk out of there with the same impression of who you thought you were by the time you're done with therapy. I just, not that I know from personal experience much, but I'm just saying. Well, right. so, I, I, so this is key, figuring out who you are. And once you can do that right, then that helps you where you can, you know, you can, align your products and services, and then you can pivot and even change completely, right? Well, absolutely. So I'll use the most obvious example on the planet. is the company that started making computers and is now today making TV shows. How can we possibly accept that the same company, which is of course Apple, started as a hardware company, then a software company, then they made watches, you know, which is jewelry and, but they're making TV shows. Yeah. How come the market never is confused about that? 
Have you ever seen an article when, when Apple launched Apple TV, did you, did you see one article saying what the heck is Apple doing getting into the TV business? No, no. I, because, because they're, oh, when I think Apple, I sorry to interrupt, but I, I just think innovators. I just think different. <laughs> exactly. That is exactly right. They started saying that 20 30, well, 30 years ago now, longer. Yeah. And they haven't stopped because they decided that was their identity. And no matter what product they launch, what service they launch, that is, that's what's behind it. Even their failed ones, they don't care. The Apple, the, the um, social music platform that they had, which I'm not yeah. sure if you remember that, where they oh, launched yeah. that, that big launch with Coldplay um, at, at the event. I mean, that, that failed, but it was still this idea. People wrote, hey, this might have some, had some legs because Apple did it. Apple, right. had, Apple never built a social network before. Even in a failure, no one questioned them. And so if you focus on your identity, the products and services, the trust that you've built with your customers enable you to introduce whatever you want. And in a time of crisis like COVID, you can completely shift because yeah. you haven't built your business or your relationship with your customers about a service or a product. You've built it on your identity. So for instance, um, my favorite wine store in Charleston, I can't go in there and, and browse this beautiful library of wine anymore. But somehow they've been able to bring this experience to me in a digital way. But it was always because they communicated their identity of these like really knowledgeable, passionate people about wine. It didn't matter that I was in their awesome, beautiful store. They, com they communicated that on Instagram, on Facebook, on, on, in their signs and all of their interactions with their, with their customers. So COVID hit, they closed their doors. They're doing more sales today than they did before COVID. Really? Really. It's wow. amazing. Yeah. I, I, I think of my liquor store uh, too, and they, it's huge. And it's, and the people are so great because they can always recommend something new. Um, mine is open back up, but they would, they would, they pivoted though. They, they started doing curbside. If you weren't comfortable going in there, if you just call ahead with your order, we'll go do these things. And I told them they need to work on doing a 360 so people can walk through the aisles again, you know, and they're like, well, we're going to see how this goes. But I mean, that's kind of where you're going, right? Yeah. I mean, you create an experience online because they trust you and they know who you are. You're yeah. going to be okay. At first, when you started talking about, about spirits, about, about wine, I thought you were going to think, about, I was going to tell you my example, which is to do with some local distilleries. I'm sure they did it everywhere. I, I know they did. But uh, a local distillery, because of COVID, started, just shifted over to make what? Hand sanitizer and stuff. And, you know, first there was a little bit of a head scratcher, but nobody said, how can they, they can't do that. Of course they can. They have all the tools. Um, I think it's so many of them that got such great press doing that and did such good in the community. So I, I love that. That makes such great sense. So I guess what you're saying too is you're, you know, you're talking about your words and your actions, uh, but your words are only as strong as the actions behind them, right? Yes. Yes. Well, your, your actions are only as strong as the, yeah, your, your words are only as strong as the action behind them. So it's one thing to say something. It's another thing to actually do it. Right. Um, and, you know, I'm sure you've had a client come by and say something like, you know, in a crisis or in a situation, wouldn't it be nice if we said this? And then you say, well, are you doing it? And they say, well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and, 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 so, and, and, that, and that's just a way to say it's important to be genuine. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and particularly nowadays, I mean, it's very hard to get away with kind of telling a story that isn't aligned with the identity actually of your organization or, or who you actually are. And, 
you know, if you read these articles, a lot of people are getting upset. Now, how long is this really going to last? How long are people going to have the, the capacity to keep up with what's going on with all these corporations and stuff? But people are now more than ever, and I think you know this probably better than anyone, people now more than ever are expecting leadership in organizations to have a value alignment with them. Yeah. It's almost an absurd thought, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, why should the CEO of Apple align with any of the values that I have? But for some reason, it's important. That's totally true. That's totally true. And I think, I think other PR professionals listening, and if you're not a PR professional, I'm, I'm sure this is still beneficial to you, but I think all PR professionals should really take a hard look at your customer relationships and making sure and asking yourself, are you serving that customer as effectively as possible if you're not making certain their alignments are there? Um, are you maybe letting things squeak by that could bite them in the rear end later in a crisis situation? Zach, that, hmm, thank you. Cause I was telling Zach offline, I just did a 90 minute webinar on crisis this morning and I've just got crisis on the brain as usual. But uh, I, I thought of that. And one of those primary things I kept saying to people is, um, you know, to survive a crisis, you know, you need to um, be as transparent as possible. You need to be as credible as possible and you need to be human. And part of being human is living up to, you know, being who you say you are and not trying to put on a big front and just kind of uh, PR your way out of everything. You know, Zach, it's, I, I use a little clip from the movie Michael Clayton in my, my talk and it's George Clooney, who's like a fixer. And he says, you know, I'm just the janitor. The, 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 the smaller the mess you give me to clean up, the better off you are. And that's what PR people can be, and especially in a crisis situation, right? And I guess, I guess I'm just kind of threading that needle one more second here. Uh, the, don't make your PR people, folks, if you're hiring PR people, and PR people don't be this person. Don't be the janitor. And if you are the janitor, make sure it's something you can wipe up with a paper towel, not something that needs a hazmat situation, you know? Um, sorry to bring out that tortured metaphor, but you, you really reminded me that uh, um, aligning customers with their values of who they are and who they say they are is not just a nice to have it's crucial no that's right and and ideally to take that metaphor one step further ideally the pr people are handing the client the towel to clean up their, their little mess nice. we're just guiding them right like we're not right. really there to clean up your mess and and to any business or organization that hires a pr person that can say i'll clean up your mess and you don't have to change a thing beware beware yeah, you know, that's one thing too. Uh, you know, I, I'm very much into the uh, the ethics of, in public relations and a lot of people hear me say that and they kind of snicker. And I, I say, you know, we're not what you might think we are from TV or movies or something like that. I said, most PR people are very uh, ethical, just like most attorneys are very ethical. Most doctors are very ethical. We're a profession. We take our profession seriously. Um, it does us no good whatsoever to put a, a blight on our profession by doing unethical things. So it's very important to us that the clients act that way. And I mean, not to get negative, but uh, there's a case, it's been once or twice in my career the past 11 years when I've had to kind of move on from a client because they just didn't seem to get it. And um, I, there, there came a point where the things I could do for them became, be, became more and more diminished simply because of their refusal to align, as you say, align their values and, uh, and, and understand who they are and present that. Right. No, absolutely. And, and I don't, I'm not sure that is a negative thing. I mean, at the end of it, you've done them a favor as well as yourself because they're, they're not obviously matched up with the right person. And that's why that goes back to what we talked about before. The truer you can be to your identity, the earlier on in the process, 
the more you will limit up, like situations like that where you're down the road and you're like, you know what, this, this was really actually the wrong alignment. We, our values just aren't, aren't the same. They're not bad. Right. We're just, we're just not the same. And so it, it, it's not only on a human level, probably the right thing to do, but on a business level, the, the product that you can produce together out of alignment is way lower than if you're aligned and you're working in synergy. It creates something, it, not, not to sound corny, but it creates something different. If you're in harmony with your, with your clients or the people you work with uh, on, on, on values and alignment, the stuff that you do together is, is the byproduct. But the harmony that you're creating with, with your relationship really can do some special stuff. And, and it can also, again, help you through tougher times. Now, I'll, I'll be honest, we just were part of a pretty big launch um, with a client that didn't go as well as we thought on some of the parts. Now, some of the other parts went very well, but the one, some parts didn't. And there's, and there's no getting around it. And because we've developed the trust and the relationship and the value alignment, this was never a question of integrity or a question of who didn't do the right work or anything. We, sh we, we shared the responsibility in it and we're moving forward together and trying to improve on it. And it's a wildly different situation if the trust and alignment is, is out of whack and then something goes wrong or doesn't go as right as you think it could be. Um, that situation, as you know, is, is, has a wildly different outcome. <sighs> Zach Giglio, I'm telling you, this has been a great conversation. I could go on. Um, how do people get a hold of you if they want to know a little bit more about how they can find out who they are? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, our website is, uh, believe it or not, whoisgcn.com. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> and it's a question we ask ourselves every day. And some of my friends, you know, make fun of it and make jokes about it and ask me, who are you? And I say, I'm still figuring it out. But yeah, who, who is, who is GCM.com? Send an email to hello at who is GCM.com. Um, I love having these kinds of conversations. It doesn't have to be all business. Anybody wants to connect, we're really happy to do that. You know, I think you should just frame it as a Jeopardy question. What is the, you know, the best PR firm in the world? <laughs> Who is? <laughs> That's great. That's great. Free of charge. You know, no worries. <laughs> Zach, I, I've, I've so enjoyed this. I, I've got to have you back. I know there's plenty of other uh, common ground things we can talk about. If you've enjoyed this, we'll, uh, we'll see if we can have you back. Sound good? Uh, that sounds great. I think the values here align, so it makes perfect sense. <laughs> very good. Very good. Welcome. Uh, well, again, uh, Jack, Zach Giglio with GCM. Um, PR and marketing. Thanks for showing up here in the virtual lounge. Thank you. Oh, you know what that means? Looks like it's last call here at your virtual lounge for PR news views and interviews. Don't forget, you can ask me a question anytime. You can do it through our Twitter account, which is at ours PR, or even better, you can send me a message vocally. I would love to hear your voice, and I'll answer it on the show. There's a link in the show notes. All you have to do is sign up through Anchor FM. It's free, doesn't take long, and you record your message. I get the message. I will play your audio. Just give me your first name and the city you live in, and then I will answer the question to the best of my ability right here on the show. Don't forget to, if you're enjoying this podcast, you can support it and help increase the frequency and value of the show. Just consider being a sponsor for your brand or your agency or just yourself because you're like, I like this show. Or just drop a few coins in the virtual tip jar. Either way, there's links in the show notes. Please check that out. All of that, of course, being in the show notes where you're listening right now or at PRAfterHours.com. I see that they're turning up the lights. Last call is over and I've got to clean up this virtual lounge and 
Until next time, I'm Alex Greenwood, and you've been listening to PR After Hours on Anchor FM.